Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. Here, we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. I am so honored today to be joined by internationally renowned psychic medium, spiritual teacher, author, and radio host, John Holland. His public demonstrations offer audiences a rare glimpse into the fascinating subject of mediumship, which he delivers his own unique style, explaining the delicate process of raising his own vibrational energy to link with spirit from the other side. He's able to deliver messages, which he does with clarity, passion, and the utmost integrity. John has spent a significant part of his life developing his psychic and mediumship abilities, and he spent two intensive years studying in the UK, where he got the thorough grounding and training to become one of the most sought-after professional mediums on the world stage today. So I am honored to welcome you, John, to our show. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you. And first of all, I love the title of your podcast. Thank you. Life, Death, and the Space in Between. Yep. 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 I love that. We're exploring all of those things. So um, so we're going to start pretty heavy today, pretty deep, because a lot of my listeners have reached out wanting someone who has experienced um, doing readings with people who have crossed over who sure. uh, suicided. So when you have gotten in contact with um, loved ones who have done that. What do what do they typically share with you about kind of their mode of death and what they've learned since they've crossed over? It's about how uh, what I've experienced, okay? Because that's the best, you know. It's um, I've had many people who have lost people this way, and sometimes when they come through, um, I will see or feel that they're pointing to themselves, meaning they take on the responsibility of their passing, if it, or they will uh, push their hand away, which means not take on the responsibility of their passing. And the people that have taken on responsibility, I find too, though, Amy, a lot of people that pass from uh, taking their lives, a lot of times when they say it's not their, um, well, first of all, I know when someone deliberately takes their life and when it's an accidental, a lot of parents mm-hmm. or friends of people that have lost them, they mm-hmm. don't know, was it an accident? Or did they, was it intentional? Um, and sometimes a uh-huh. overdose is not a suicide. It's an accidental passing. Um, but the person doesn't know that. Um, but right. I do find what's amazing, for me anyways, and like I said, this is from my experience, any time somebody takes their life, they never come through alone. They never come through alone. There's always somebody there with them. Mm. And it happens all the time, which I believe that maybe, maybe, that the person that's coming through needs that little extra boost of energy to do this, to communicate with us. So someone on the other side is helping with their energy. That's, it makes sense to me. Um, other mediums, mm-hmm. they may have, have people come through just for themselves, but I know that someone is always there with them because there is, and which means to me they're not alone. That's the important part. They are not alone. Um, and people, uh, they always come through, if it's a deliberate uh, taking of their life, it's always an apology of how fast they went, sorry that they went this way, mm. always. Um, sometimes I know, well, Amy, you being a psychologist, you know this. Um, sometimes they say, sometimes I'll get a suicide as a mental issue also with somebody. And, so, and a, a skeptic right, would say, absolutely. Or another person would say, well, yeah. anyone that takes their life has mental issues. Not necessarily. 
Um, there may be someone that suffered from depression and they can't, they, they never feel right in the body and they, and they go this way. Other times you may have a teenager who breaks up with his girlfriend and does something stupid on the fly. That's not a mental issue. It's a, it's a, it's a mistake, but do you see what I mean? So not every suicide is a mental issue. Right, right. And and where people's brain developments are, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the de- the development, the adult brain doesn't right. typically develop until 25. And so what exactly. is an impulsive behavior based on something, you know, like a breakup where the person thinks they can't handle it can look very different than, right. you know, a history yep. of depression. I, I also um, believe uh, when they, when I connect with someone on the other side, they do have regrets. There's things that I hear from them that's fact, and other things you have to trust me on my 20 years or 25 years of experience, okay? I really believe that they see mm-hmm. uh, how their death affects us here. There's no, there's no getting away from your issues either. Whether you deal mm-hmm. with it here, you're going to deal with it on the other side. You don't take your life, and then everything is rosy on the other side. It doesn't work that way because – and. Um, we always hear how beautiful the other side is, how wonderful it is. It's not an, John Edwards said mm-hmm. this once, and I respect this. Um, the other side is not meant to be an invitation. Isn't that beautiful? So I it's, love it's, that. You're, yeah. you're not going to yeah. uh, leave this world that way and think everything's going to be on fine on the other side. There's healing. You have to deal with what you to uh, see and maybe feel what people are dealing with here. And I know when they go to the other side and someone comes through with them, I really believe they're going through some type of healing process. I, I really, really do, whether you're healing here and healing on the other side. But I love that. The other side is not meant to be an invitation. You are going to deal with it. And I really believe this. You are your own judge and jury. Whatever you did in this lifetime, every good you did, every negative thing you did, you will experience in a life review and experience all the good you've done for people and all the negative things of, of how you affected people. And I think if more people knew that, like, well, wait a minute, you mean... The negative stuff I do here that I may experience it for myself, it may, it, it may make people think twice about what they do here in the here and now. But I yeah. know that they go to the other side. Um, I'm raised Catholic my whole life. I've never gotten anybody stuck in between worlds, okay, uh, if, they take, if, they, mm. if they go over by their own passing. They're, they're, and the hell, sorry, the hell isn't hell like maybe I'm not, I'm Jewish, but hell like you were taught in Catholicism. It's really experiencing perhaps the pain you've caused others. Right. And I look at it. Yeah. I look at heaven and hell as it's a, I look at it on a vibrational level. There are different levels to the spirit world. Okay. You've got the physical and then the, uh, the etheric, and then you have the mental, you have the celestial. I believe you go up these levels. I don't believe you get stuck. So the lower levels, and you know what too, I mean, no disrespect, okay? Um, I don't believe in the hell with the devil and the pitchfork and the fire. Sometimes I think this earth plane yeah. could be the hell. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? and, and people be, and for the listeners who say, well, that's a negative thing to say. What I'm saying everyone who is listening right now is it's not easy being a soul or a spirit incarnated in the dense molecular physical body. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? They, we, are, we are lower on our, our energy to be in this body. And people are like, why do we even do that? To experience what it's like. This is where you're going to learn a lot of stuff to, to have the soul or the spirit express itself through the physical. Yeah. And so you said that people do regret it once they cross over. Is it that they regret that, that they didn't escape? Like it's not an escape. And so while they thought maybe suicide would be an escape, this it has not proven to be that. Right. I've never had them say, 
um, I regret. That's, that's, I believe, is that they do experiment. I know that they see, I always, when I do mediumship sessions, I, um, it's great when you connect with someone on the other side, but I ask the person on the other side, tell me what the person in your life right now who's sitting in front of me has been doing lately. So I know that they see us. Mm -hmm. I know that they feel us. And someone may say, um, if I was reading for you, Amy, I may say your dad sees that you went back to school for your master's. Your dad sees that you just redid your kitchen. Your dad sees that you just got the puppy, which means to me that they still see us. So I, I really feel that they see what their passing has caused mm -hmm. us. You see? Mm -hmm. So that's my belief that they have regrets. They've never said, I regret this. I know they do. So I have more questions about the suicide, but just to talk a little bit about how you work, you use evidential mediumship in that way. I have to. Right. I have to. I, I, I was trained that way. And I'm a kid from the city. I am so street wise that I never wanted to say airy fairy that, they're, they're, you know, it's, it's all about evidence. And when I went to England for close to two to two and a half years to study, they're very evident based. Okay? And can you describe that a little bit? Just what um, that looks like? Sure. Well, it, it's, it's easy to say, I feel like I have a father here for you. Well, first of all, Amy, is your dad passed? Mine? No. Yes. Okay, good. Let's keep him here. Okay, that's fine. Please. Just, that's an example. Please. All right. Okay, yes. Um, when, I, uh, when I connect with someone who has passed, um, I, I may get it if it's a male or female. The age, uh, were they young, middle-aged, elderly? I know when someone lived to be 70 or close to 80 or 90 or 100. Um, I, I will get evidence of how they passed, um, but they get more into it. Um, I want evidence of what are their hobbies? What was their funeral like? Were they in the service? Are there tattoos? Um, what did they do um, with some of their you know, leisure time? Mm -hmm. um, um, who's there with them? Mm -hmm. Any bits of, there's so much thing, you know, in, in my classes, uh, a Janet Nohavik, she used to be a Catholic nun. She's now a medium in New Jersey <laughs> and she heads up the, the journey within church. Uh, spiritual I got to get her on this show. Yep. She has a, uh, it's 25 points. It's called system of evidence. And it's 25 things you can ask the spirit because when I teach students, they, they, it's a two way communication. There's so much more that you can get from them. Um, I know another medium who can get, uh, he asked them on the other side, please show me the death certificate. He can get the date and the time of mm, when people passed. Mm -hmm. You see evidence. So when that person walks away, besides it, your mother's past, you know, uh, she's lovely, she was in middle age, you got to get more right. than that. I want to make sure when that person walks away that they say, wait a minute, nobody knew that I put a pin. Like for instance, one time I said to this girl, who decorated your mother's grave with all the pinwheels? You know the, mm -hmm, the pinwheels? Mm -hmm. And sure enough, she sent me a photograph. That's evidential. Gotcha. That's really evidential. Right. See, stuff like that. So when that person walks away, um, they know uh, and feel that that really was their mother, their father, or their child, or their grandmother, mm -hmm. or their aunt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm all about, it's about, it's, uh, for me, it's about evidential. And, and I, we're trying to bring that kind of work back to mediumship because I feel it's gone too far the mm -hmm. other way. Mm -hmm. Well, let's hop back to the suicide because we have sort of two conversations and I'm so excited to talk to you that I want to make sure I get it all in. But that just popped in my mind. But when those who suicide, do they reincarnate more quickly to learn their lessons or do they stay on the other side? Does it not matter? Well, uh, how do I know that? Because 
I had a woman once come to see me and she said, John, I don't know if this is going to work. And I said, why not, darling? And she said, because a medium told me that my mother reincarnated and she's, she can't come through. And I said, well, who's Helen? She goes, that's my mother. I said, let's go. Let's start the reading. Um, I don't believe it's a, a pinwheel. I, I really mm-hmm. don't. Okay. People, when you say that, I think there are a lot of movies. There's a lot of books. There's a lot of people's uh, opinions. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, um, uh, a turnstile, like when you go in and out fast. I think you can, but I think there's a little time uh, in there. And somebody said to me, since you said this, I might as well address it. A lot of people say, how can you connect with someone who's reinc- if they reincarnated? You got to look at it this way, Amy. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you and I are talking through Zoom through a computer. There's a bigger part of us on the other side. This is just one piece of our soul that's living right now, of our spirit. You've got an oversoul the oversoul, the bigger part of you. Imagine a glacier, okay? You know how they show a point of a glacier and all, all the, uh, the real part of the glacier is underwater? Mm-hmm. Yes? Now flip it upside down, mm-hmm. okay? Now that piece, that little piece of us, of our soul is with us, you know, part of us, but the rest is on the other side. So when you pass away, uh, everything that you are, were, goes to the other side, back into the hard drive. Look at it that way, like a computer. Mm-hmm. So when the John program is done, it's going to go back to the oversoul and another piece of my, uh, is going to be playing out here. So that life is John and everything is part of the oversoul that can be accessed. You got to take it out of physical. We're trying to explain things, Amy, in a physical right. way when it's not. It's multidimensional quantum physics, if you think about it. It really, it's, you know, it's not that simple. Like you die, you come back fast, you, you do it over mm-hmm. again. I do believe your past lives do reflect what's going on here though. Your hobbies, your likes, different relationships with people, whether they work or don't. And I think uh, when people do past life regressions and Brian Weiss agrees this with me, I think it's fascinating to do a past life regression, mm-hmm. but um, I do it, I would do it if you to, to find some answers of what's what and why things are happening now, not just for fun. Right, right. Because yeah, you still need to deal with what's happening now in your exactly. physical body. The, yes, you're such a psychologist. <laughs> this is the this is the life that's important right now. So if you look at it, the oversoul, um, there's a bigger part of you. So I can access access that piece of someone that lived here. It's multi, the soul's multidimensional, Amy. And I'll say this too for the audience and for you. Have you ever had deja vu? Yeah. Of course you have. That's because it's happening in the, your, your, your present self is catching up with the future self. It's really bizarre how mm-hmm. it works. So I think deja vu is something you are remembering in a future life in the now. It's yeah. weird, but it's, it makes sense. It's, to, and yeah. it's hard to, I think it's hard to wrap our minds around, right? Which is why people dismiss it. It's, we, we try so hard to put it in the context of understanding within the limitations of our own mind and brain at this point. Yeah. So, to, so your question was, do we come back? I don't believe we come back right away. They might. But if I'm talking to someone who's passed away, another piece of their life could be living it out in another life here. I, I don't know. But I don't think it's an automatic turn. And the way that they died has really no impact on that. It just is in the life review what they will experience as we kind of tease this apart. Right. Absolutely. And I really believe if somebody passes tragically, so because I just did this for someone who did a documentary that's on Amazon Prime now, and they said, what happens to people that passes tragically? Is it... I believe that they go over, say, if they're, you know, you know, sadly, if there was an automobile accident, I believe that they're, uh, they go over very fast. There may be a little confusion, 
okay when they go over, but they're not walking aimlessly in the spirit world. Where am I? There's somebody there to help them. I want to know. I want to let the audience know and everybody that when you go over to the other side, you never go over alone. You never go over alone. And someone may say, but all my relatives are still here. Trust me, there's always somebody there for them when they go over to the other side to help them. And it might, and it, it will be someone that they recognize, even though yes. they weren't necessarily incarnated with them in this life. It could be just yeah. a member of their soul tribe who they've traveled yeah. with before. Yeah, or yeah, yep, or it could be a grandmother or somebody who did go before mm-hmm. them. Do you see? So I, I just wonder because I've had evidence from them on the other side. Because I'll say, who met you? Who was there for mm. you? And, they, and, they, and then it comes through. Mm. But it's mind-boggling at the same time. We're trying to explain it in a physical form. But that's why I love talking to you. And that's why I did the interview. Because you got that psychology degree on your right. side. So your left brain and your right brain at the same I time. Try. I try. I try to merge yes. the two as much as I, I know, can. For you. As much as I can. Yeah. So, so when a, a soul suicides who was maybe in a low state of love, self-love or worth, is it any harder for them to receive light? Or as soon as they cross over, that is there for them, welcoming them? I think it's there for them. And I know they get our prayers. I know they get our, your loved ones. This is my tagline. Your loved ones are just a thought away. You can still have communication. And I tell people, send up the love. Love is the bridge mm-hmm. between the two realms. You know that space in the middle? The space I am between. The it's, yep, the space between. Yep. It's the, uh, it's the love that bridges the two worlds together. They feel the love. They really, really do. And they feel the prayers. They do. They feel those good thoughts. But we think that when we lose somebody here, that, that that's cut off. It's just that we need, a new, need to learn a new form of communication. And it's through the mind. It's keep talking to them. So when you talk about the concept of bridging two realms... What do you mean by that? And and how can, I mean, this is what you teach in your classes, right? Like how can the everyday person start to do that? Because as much as I think mediums are incredible and when you have experienced it, it's mind blowing. But when you experience it yourself, it's next level mind blowing. <laughs> yep. And, you know, Bridging Two Realms, that's the title of my book, you know, funny enough. A medium is someone who is the, into, is the middle person between this world and the next. So in the book, that's why this book started is because I wanted to help people to let people know what happens before somebody passes, during and after. Okay. And people will have better evidence and have deathbed visions of seeing people. They raise their arms up. They're looking away. They're already there. And you may have a mom, a dad, a grandmother, a child who say, and they can see things. That's because their physical form, we're losing our physical senses and our psychic senses are getting more sharper. So we're able to go, go over to the uh, sea, you know, on the other side, uh, what's more. But when you, what was the question, Amy? I'm sorry. Um, it was, it was the notion of, of how bridging oh, sure. the two yes. realms and what that means yes. and, and how yep. you do it. Yep. And in the book, I teach people to get real quiet. Your loved ones are trying to get your attention all the time, but we're such in a bereaved state especially if it's a a fast passing or a tragic Mm -hmm. passing that we can't even feel here or see them on the other side that they're trying to say, I'm here, I'm here. So you have to, you have to get quiet because you know, we're in a society right now, Amy, that's quite loud. There's technology, there's noise. um, So you got to let all that go. I tell people that have lost someone, go into a room, light a candle, put out the happiest picture you have of them. And, just close your eyes and someone's going to say, is it that easy? It can be. You close your eyes and say, step closer. Let them know. Let them on the other side with the power of love and thought, 
it's okay to come closer to, because they take their cues from mm-hmm. you. If they know that it's going to make you emotional, they'll wait or they'll go to somebody else and get you a message through somebody else. So it's, it's really getting real quiet. Um, lighten the candle if you want and just say, step closer. It's okay. But if someone is really bereaved, Amy, I wouldn't say if somebody lost somebody on Thursday, I wouldn't try it on Friday. Right. Right. Because you're going through the stages of grief, shock, the denial. Um, I know that's what people hear, Elizabeth Mm -hmm. Ross's work. Mm -hmm. But you got to give it a little time. That's why I don't let people come see me right away. I say, give it three months. It gives the people here a chance to deal with or accept that the person's passing. Um, So give it a little time. And you may be surprised. You may feel a, a hand on your shoulder. You may feel a slight breeze. You may smell your mom's cologne. Now, when you do it for yourself, it's never, uh, when I talk to my mom on the other side, it's never like when I'm doing it for somebody else, Amy. It's what, not. It's, why it's, is that? That's like in the movies. And someone says, can't you call Princess Diane or Elvis Presley? <laughs> no. I, I, need, I need somebody in front of me who's part of that family, mm. whether it's Lisa, uh, Elvis's daughter or something. Um, I'll feel my mom. I'll hear words. Mm-hmm. But um, I can't be totally objective because I know everything possibly about my right, mom. Right, right. Everything. So I have to make sure it's not my mind coming in. And if someone is confused saying, is this really them? Ask yourself this question. Is this coming to me or from oh, me? Good question. Yeah, you like mm-hmm. that, Amy? <laughs> is this coming to me or from me? And then you'll know just by asking like, okay, yeah. And they will go out of their way to make sure that they let you know uh, that someone is there and try an ADC after death communication. That's um, Judy Guggenheim's work and her husband's um, from Hello from Heaven, their book. You know they, they send you the shiny pennies. You know they send you the smells, uh, the mum's cologne, uh, the cardinal that landed on your porch when you're just thinking of your mother, the license plate that has your mother's name that you were just thinking about, mm-hmm. your dad's favorite song when you just was thinking about your dad on the radio. Um, and there, there's so many ADCs, um, you can, they, they try to come through that way, but the number one way, uh, that they come through are your yeah. dreams. Yeah. I ha- it took a year for my mom to come through. I didn't demand it, but I knew when she came through, she was younger. This is how, you know, Amy, and for the listeners, if they're coming through in a dream or you're dreaming of a loved one and they're crying or there's some type of torment or, uh, anxiety, that's not them. Okay. That's you dealing with the bereavement mm. when they come through. They're younger, Mm -hmm. they're glowing, Mm -hmm. they're vibrant. Mm -hmm. When I saw my mother in a dream, I said, Ma, and she said, Johnny. And I went, I went, Ma, what are you doing here? And we hugged and I woke up crying. It was real. You can feel it to the, you can feel it right to the core of your very soul. Yeah, I remember when I had my first after death visitation and it actually wasn't until probably 10 years later that I even realized that that's what it was. My aunt was so, like her skin was glowing She looked so healthy, even though she was so unhealthy in her life. And it was just the most beautiful vision of her. And I remember like wanting to reach out and be like, don't go, you know, stay. And then it was gone. Yep. And, you know, for all the people too, if you have someone like my mom, it took her nine months to go. Good days, bad days. One day she was on a ventilator. Next she's doing Tai Chi with COPD. (laughs) You never know. Uh, But Sounds like quite uh, a spirit. 
Right. And we, I felt, I was there with my brothers and I talk about this very personal experience. I felt them come into the room and I wasn't John the medium. I was John the son. I wasn't expecting it. Um, and I said to my brothers who were there, I'm one of five kids. My sisters couldn't stay emotionally. They couldn't. Mm -hmm. I said to uh, my brother, Joe, Joe, put your hand on our heart. Grandma's here. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, Joe, they're here. You know, Amy, when you, when you stand in line, when you feel somebody stand Mm -hmm. behind you, you can just feel they're in your they're in your mm-hmm. aura. That's what I felt four mm-hmm. times. I felt four loved ones come through, and I knew exactly who they were. And I said, "Joe, they're here to take her." And he's like, "What are you talking about?" I said, "Joe, put your hand on her chest right now." So my brothers, I, we were on each side of the bed, and all the, my brothers, we put our hand on my mother's heart, and within ninety seconds, she took a breath, she took her last breath. Her chest reached up to my mother's uh, to our hands, and she left. Mm. So I want. I'm going to say it again. There's going to, there is somebody there for someone. If someone uh, is losing someone, they know they're going to pass. Don't be surprised if they start seeing somebody who's already passed. And too many doctors say it's the it's right, drugs or, or it's yeah. hallucinating. But what if they're not on hallucinogenic mm-hmm. drugs? And why, Amy? Why, if it's hallucinating, if they're hallucinating, this is Raymond Moody's work too, uh, you know, is if they're hallucinating, why is it they're always seeing people that have passed on? and not people that are mm-hmm. alive. See what I right. mean? So I know, and you're going to see someone raise their hands up to the air. That's because somebody's reaching down mm. for them. You're going to see somebody staring off to the corner of the room. Um, and this is David Kessler's work. Visions, visions, trips, and crowded rooms. Take that down. Now, he's somebody. He's the number one bereavement counselor in the country. All right? He, had, he was the head of three palliative care places in California. His book, Visions, Trips, and Crowded Rooms. Crowded Rooms. Amazing book. Mm. And the reason why I kick off these names, Amy, because it's not about me right now, this interview. It's about helping these people that are listening. Right. Well, and, and I'm writing all these names down because I'm, I'm going to try to reach out to them. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that that's, you know, wh- one of the things you said that I want to go back to is the notion of allowing yourself time to grieve. Because I think yes. there there can be danger in... I mean, not grave danger, but just in trying to bypass that process by trying to connect with your loved ones immediately, your psychological process, because you have to go through that grieving process in order to move forward. Otherwise, you'll get stuck. I see people all the time who have been stuck in their grief for quite a long time. And it's hard to see if you just jump to, I'm just going to connect with them and it's just like they're here, then you're not learning part of your lessons or growth by going through the process of grieving and healing and feeling that pain because it's painful when you lose someone you love. Absolutely. I had these two brothers. The, the mother was so distraught that she lost one of her sons. And of course, the, the two gentlemen's brother passed. I mean, that's who the, it was their brother. Uh, they said, John, can you, can you help us? And this was like years ago. And when she came and she was so medicated, she was so heavily medicated, no matter what I said, she would just start wailing. I said, guys, I can't do this. I said, it's, it can't happen right now because she wasn't even taking, uh, taking in uh, what I was saying um, or the evidence that I was getting. And I teach my students and anyone who wants to be a medium, you have to know there's ethics involved with this. You have to know, does the person need a medium or do they need a bereavement Mm -hmm. counselor? And that you have to be, you know, and sometimes if you're in grief and you know, Amy, there's no set time limit on grief. really. it never ends, really. But if there's, if there's, if it's affecting your job, your children, your health, it's time to see somebody. Mm It's, it's time. They don't want us to suffer. They don't want us on the other side to grieve. I hear it all the time. 
that they're still grieving. You know, the, the spirit will say they're still grieving. It's been seven years. And I'll say, you've been grieving for seven years. You haven't moved on. You haven't dated anybody else. Um, you haven't. So they, I know that one, that they f see it on the other side or hear this. Um, but if it goes on, you have to get some kind of counseling. A medium is not going to be the answer. And there are some mediums that will keep seeing the people. You know what I mean? That's why this ethics people, that's why I'm a real stickler mm -hmm. and a, a, a hard teacher when it comes to that uh, kind of teaching. And so when, when loved ones do die, what I'm hearing from you is one of the messages that, that they often come back with is we want you to live. Yes, it's yes. Um, there have been many, uh, whether it's a husband that lost a wife or a wife that lost a husband, they will come through. If a woman lost a husband, this happens with me, happened not too long ago, like a two weeks ago. And I said to the woman, your husband's telling me that you started finally dating. She goes, absolutely. A lot of couples feel guilty mm -hmm. moving on with somebody else. Like, and I'll say, and some people uh, say, till death do us part, I don't want anybody else. And I'll say, your husband's making me aware that um, he wants you to go on, mm. or the wife will say, I want you to go on. It, it will never be the same. It'll be different. And no one's going to replace the person that they've lost. It'll just be different. But I love it when those on the other side uh, uh, encourage their spouse here to move mm -hmm. on because they have to. There's going to be a lot of years left for them. Right. Yet. And a lot of them do, mm -hmm. actually. Do they ever not? Yeah. Are they ever like, absolutely not? You need to. Never. Huh. No, I've never heard like, don't tell her never to, you know, uh, I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Sometimes they don't say anything about the person's relationship in front of me and other times that they do. And um, I think it was my very first book, Amy, Born Knowing. I was at the John Hancock Hall. Um, there was a thousand people oh my in God. the audience with, with Brian Weiss. Um, and they said, uh, I heard, I was about to close and I heard go to the back of room, to the room and mention the rock. And I felt somebody going down in a plane. Mm. And I said, to, I said, I'm coming to the back of the room. I have a gentleman who's coming through. I, I believe he's reaching out um, to a wife because he's, he's mentioned, because that's what I feel. And he's talking about just bring up the memories of the rock. And I said, okay, now not a lot of people lost people in a plane accident, even in a thousand room, mm -hmm. okay, a thousand people room. I went to the back room and I said, do you understand someone who's passed in a, um, in a uh, plane accident? And it wasn't 9-11, it was another plane accident. And he talked about the rock and she started crying. I said, um, what's with the rock? And she said, every year on their anniversary, they would go to the Cape and there's one rock where they met when they were in the ocean together. And that's where they would pop a bottle of mm. champagne and have a toast. And it was a rock that was on the shore. Mm -hmm. So every year they used to go for their anniversary there. And she started crying because she would visit it still. And she said, and he said to me, tell her that I know that she met someone and it's okay. She really started crying because she's been with the guy. It's her fiance. He kept asking her, let's get married. And she kept holding back, holding back, mm. holding back. It wasn't until the husband on the other side said, I know you've met someone. They got married after that. You see, so the husband on the other side encouraged. She was engaged. Mm -hmm. And she says, that's what I needed to hear. Now, could so she have you know, asked on her own? can you give me some sign or can you show me that you're giving me? Because not everybody can get to a medium. A lot of people can't afford it, right? Like mediums are really expensive. Can you ask on your own, like give me a sign that you're okay with this? Something that only I right. will know. First of all, 
Sure. Not all mediums are expensive. I do a lot for free okay, too. Okay, good to know. Okay, I do a lot for free for mothers who have, I mean, for parents that have lost it. People don't see the volunteer work that I do or the charity, and, and that's not what it's about. But sure, in the spirit world, there's an intelligence there, Amy. You have to realize that that's, there's an intelligence to the spirit world and those on the other side. They know how to send you a message. And you could say, please show me a sign. Uh, but someone may say, be, you know, be specific. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get a sign, you'll know mm-hmm. it on a soul level. Right. Okay. You, you know what I mean? Um, it's uh, one time my mom, uh, I haven't heard from my mom in a while. And I said, come on, ma, show me something. Show me, give me something. Yeah, I need to say, give me a hello. And do you remember the uh, series Game of Thrones? Uh-huh. I never watched it, okay. but yeah, I know it. Okay, yeah. well, I was a fan, okay? I know it's, okay, it's quite graphic. I understand that. But um, so I'm, I'm watching Game of Thrones and I paused, it, I paused it to go out to the kitchen to get something. When I come back, remember, I've already asked my mother while this was on in my head, Ma, come on, show me something. I, I unpause it and it plays. And in the, in the series, um, there was a singer who started singing um, a song called Jenny's Song. That's my mother's mm. name, Jenny. So I got it immediately. Mm-hmm. So not every not every falling leaf is going to be a sign, right. but you can say um, say say a woman's dating a guy named uh, Greg, okay? And let me know can I can I be with him? Don't be surprised if somehow some way the name Greg shows up with a Valentine in a book, or they know how to send mm-hmm. a message, but they can ask. Yeah. And people don't have to go to mediums. You're right. They don't need us. They can have their own communication. They really, really can. But yes, good question. Not everyone needs to go to a medium. As long as people aren't making it fit. Right. Like, oh yeah, this is them. Do you know what I mean? Or everything. I tell people all the time, not everything is a sign. Exactly. Yeah. A rock is a rock. Right. (laughs) You know, people to put too much metaphysics on every single thing that happens in their life. Um, a, A friend of mine, she tore her contact lens and she says, Oh, damn it. I tore my lens, my contact lens. And I jokingly said to her, what are you refusing to look at? And she goes, I know, huh? And I said, no, you just tore a lens. I'm joking with you, you know? So yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes a rock is a rock. And Freud would say, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. That's right. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, this was awesome today. I could just talk to you for hours. Um, If people want to find you, if they somehow speaking of rocks have lived under one and don't know who you are um johnholland.com absolutely and it's not just about my website i mean please 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 everyone who's listening go to the frequently asked questions go to the resource there it's not just about my events okay it's a resource there's, there's pages of help for people who have passed from suicide. There's help for people that are, uh, there's bereavement groups there. There's books, there's recommended books. There's, there's a lot there because I wanted the website to be a service mm-hmm. for other people to help everyone. But, you know, I appreciate you doing this because I know a lot of people pass uh, very tragically um, and some people pass by the taking of their own hands. One, know that they're okay. They're going through their own healing process and they do want you to go on. Um, and once again, too, Amy, with you being a psychologist, a psychologist know when you need uh, mm-hmm. a counselor. Because if you lost a child and you're not paying attention to the other three children you have, they're going to grow right. up with that. Do you know what, you know what I mean? So uh, they are there. And remember, your loved ones are just a thought away. Okay? I love that. Well, thank you so much, yeah. John, for your time, your energy, everything. Oh, it was wonderful. 
No, thank you for yours. Life, death, and the space in between. And you know what, too? You you know that poem, The Dash? Yes, I love that poem. Yes. Right? So The Dash is, the, is you know, for you, that space Absolutely. in between. Absolutely. You know, I'm honored to be on your show. And I hope if even if one person, Amy, hears this and it helps them to heal, because uh, mediumship is not just about connecting to the other side. It's about healing the living. Absolutely. Okay? Right. Yeah, beautiful. Right. So and you. that's and that's why I do the show because if if one person says that that they were helped or that it opened them up or that it freed them up, then that's one more person than it would have. Absolutely. So Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Curious about what comes next and what it all means? You can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life death and the space between and hit subscribe and you can follow me on twitter and instagram at dr amy robbins ask me any questions you might have let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story i can't wait to hear from you